Live from the Business Radio X studio inside Renaissance Bank, the bank that specializes in understanding you. It's time for North Fulton Business Radio. And hello again, everyone. Welcome to another edition of North Fulton Business Radio. I'm John Ray, and folks, this is going to be a good one. We've got Anna Brumby with us, and Anna is with Walden Businesses. But before we get to Anna, I want to mention that we're broadcasting from inside Renaissance Bank on Main Street in Alpharetta. And Renaissance just got a great award. They were named by Forbes magazine as one of the top banks in the United States. Actually, they were in the top 10 in all the United States. And I think there's a reason for that. I know personally, because I deal with them all the time, they're terrific and they're easy to deal with and they're personal. Uh, Big enough to handle pretty much any need you can throw at them, but small enough to do it in a personal way. If that's something that interests you for your business, go to renaissancebank.com, find one of their offices near you and give them a call. And I think you'll be glad you did. Renaissance Bank, understanding you, member FDIC. And as I mentioned, we have Anna Brumby with us, and she is with Walden Businesses. Anna, welcome. Thank you. Good morning, John. Good morning. It's glad to, I'm so glad to have you here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So uh, let's give everyone a little introduction to you and your work. How are you serving folks out there? So we are a mergers acquisition firm here in the metro Atlanta area. We service all businesses throughout the state of Georgia. We've been around for about 27 years. We're generalist business brokers. We do both mergers and acquisitions, um, although we really focus on the sales side. So if you are a small business and middle market business owner and you're looking to exit your business, we would be a good person to call, if not just for a consultation, but also if you are one day when you are ready to actually sell your business and put it on the market. Gotcha. And talk about the size of businesses that you work with. Yeah. So um, typically we work with, like I said, um, we work with the kind of the small to middle market businesses. So typically the size of business that we're looking at, they would have um, a market value of between 2 million and probably up to about 20, 30 million. Um, you know, anything below um, a couple million dollars, you're really talking about Main Street and that's a whole different marketplace and a t- mm-hmm. different type of broker. Um, and there are a lot of great brokers out there that focus on that market. And then we were talking about the larger businesses, like over $20 million. You're really talking about, you know, the investment banker, and that's kind of who you want to look to for some of the larger, larger. But I would say for us, um, our sweet spot is between 2 and $20 million. We really like B2B type uh, industries, manufacturing, light manufacturers, general services, essential businesses, um, professional services, things of that nature. So let's talk a little bit about you, give folks a little mm-hmm. background on you and uh what what drew you into business brokerage? What 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 uh, turns you on about the, about, <laughs> about about working with business owners and and uh, helping them sell their business? That's a great question. So I actually grew up um, in a family of small business owners. So my father was a small business owner. Uh, you know, my aunts and uncles were small business owners. Um, I went to go work in corporate America and did international sales for over a decade and really enjoyed the experience but I miss working with small businesses. So Mm -hmm. I came back to Georgia. I started working with small local businesses, doing consulting with them. 
um, and really came to find out or come to find out that I really enjoyed helping those small business owners really make their their long-term dreams come true, to talk mm-hmm. to them about what is that exit strategy. They pour, pour their heart and their soul into building up these businesses, and it means so much to them, the employees, you know, what they give back to the community. Um, and I really wanted to be able to kind of help them really realize that dream after, you know, 20, 30 years of giving yourself to this business and growing a business to finally be able to say, okay, now I can turn it over to somebody else and then I can go and retire and spend more time with my family. So that was what really drew me to uh, becoming a broker mm-hmm. and moving sort of away from business consulting. However, I still do that day in and day out with everybody I meet and I'm always happy to do that. But, <laughs> uh, but I really enjoy just really kind of when you kind of close that deal with that person and, you know, you know, that they're a couple months from, you know, that closing date, they're going to be on a beach somewhere or, you know, at the child, grandchild's graduation or something of that nature. So, well, and I remember you when you were doing the business consulting work and, uh, you, 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 you were terrific and you always gave, uh, great insight. Oh, and, thank uh, you. so, uh, I can see how that experience helps you in working with your clients today. It really does. I mean, just, I understand completely how hard it is to run a small business. Um, again, like I said, currently today, I am a small business owner. My brothers and sisters and I are. Mm-hmm. After my parents passed on, we took over their businesses. Mm-hmm. Um, I know how hard it is to run a business. I know how much time, resource, um, just to find the right person to talk to or to find the right resource if you're a smaller business trying to grow your business. So I really understand and have empathy for all of those kind of going through that process. And I really want to see them get over that hump to where they can finally start to hire that professional team and maybe step back and take a vacation for the first time in five or six years after they've started that business. And so I think just bringing that to my clients and just understanding what they're going through and also just, you know, helping them really kind of think through, okay, how am I going to step away from this now? Mm -hmm. How am I going to create that emotional break? Because they don't always think about that. And that can be very difficult when you're trying to sell your business and move on to the next phase. So lots of business brokerage firms out there. Why Walden? I mean, Walden's been around for 27 years, so we have a lot of great experience um, within our uh, within our company. Um, we have a lot of brokers that bring a lot of different um, you know backgrounds to the table. Um, some professional CPAs. We all have you know additional certifications beyond just what the state of Georgia requires of you, um, as well as we've all worked with so many different types of business because it. We tend to be generalists when we come to when we talk about the business we represent, mm-hmm. although we don't represent all businesses. But typically, if we need to go pull in some expertise from another broker, they're sitting right there at the desk next to us. And so we have a lot of, uh, you know, good, valuable expertise in our office. Yeah, that's great. Uh, folks, we're here chatting with Anna Brumby, and she is with Walden Businesses, a uh, business brokerage uh, firm. Anna, let's talk about. Uh, Maybe what folks ought to look at in a business brokerage firm. I want to get to how to prepare for a sale in a second. But uh, the typical business owner, they don't know, you know, most of them don't know, like, what's the best, how to pick. Guide them on that process. Okay. How, what they what should they look for in a business broker that they're evaluating? Well, again, it depends on your size. Um, and that's the type of broker you want to start. We'll start first. Just look at the size where mm-hmm. you are. So, you know, if you are a $10 million business, you don't want to go to a broker that mainly sells, you know, what we call Main Street um, businesses. That's your one, you know, one store on the, the square that's under a million dollars in revenue that's really small because they don't have the clientele 
or typically uh, the history um, of closing a deal that size. So you want to make sure you have a broker that actually understands the size of business that you're working with um, and has the right clientele to reach out to it and understands that sales process because selling a retail shop on you know the Alpharetta Square is very different from selling a light manufacturer worth $10 million that has you know international clientele. Sure. So you want to make sure that you have somebody that really can understand how to kind of bring the right buyers to the table and get them all the way to close. So that's really important, um, as well as having some industry knowledge, although it's not always important to be specialists unless you are a government contractor uh, only dealing with like the military. Or you need to ask certain questions like, have you ever sold a business that has a lot of certifications like, you know, uh, 8A classifications or women-owned businesses? Just making sure. So if you have certain uh, contingencies within your business that could make it more difficult to sell, just see if they have experience with that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So you really just want to ask a lot of questions. Also, to ask them what their sales process is. A lot of brokers will put your ad up on the Internet, and then they'll just wait for the calls to flow in. Well, that's really not the best way to go out and find the best buyer, especially if you're talking about a larger business. You want a good fit. You want, especially your clients are always so concerned about their employees and having good management coming in to take care of them when they're gone. Mm -hmm. So you want to make sure that they have a process in place to actually actively reach out to potentially good buyers for them, for their business. And I would think it's pretty simple to look at, um, Completed transactions, right? Right. I mean, uh, when you've got <laughs> yeah. the trophies on the wall, that's uh, that that says a lot, right there, right? That's true. We have a pretty high close rate. We're over eighty percent in our close rate. Um, mm-hmm. Typically, most of our clientele also comes from, from referrals. We get about sixty-five percent of our clients from referrals, which is how we like to to get most of our clients. So that says a lot about the company as well. Mm-hmm. And just see if they also have some prior clients that you can call up and talk to and say, "What was your experience with your broker?" Sure tell me about it and then and that's always a good uh way to kind of judge what kind of broker you're getting great words from anna brumby folks she is a principal with walden businesses so let's talk to those business owners that are thinking about selling Mm -hmm. and uh uh, maybe we'll get to the environment for uh, selling your business here in a second but uh, when should you start preparing your business for sale uh, is, a, is 30 days enough or what? <laughs> I actually, I was going to say, when you're writing your business plan before you open your doors. There you go. I like <laughs> that. That is what we always tell people and okay. nobody ever listens. Right. Of course they don't. <laughs> they don't because yeah. they're so excited yeah. and they're yeah. ready to get going. And I understand that. But if you're already in business and you really have not put a lot of thought into it, I would say give yourself 18 months to two years lead time because, you know, one, you're going to want to get your house in order, as we say, right? Mm-hmm. The operations, the financials, you want to get, you know, those around you that you may need advice from, CPAs, attorneys, mm. um, you know, you really want to kind of be able to get everything pulled together. And also, too, start looking for brokers, start interviewing them, have coffee with them. You know, you don't just want to get to a point where you want to get out because of a health reason and you've got to just pick up the phone and call somebody and get it done. Right. Um, again, that can cause a lot of problems, not only in trying to get to market, but finding the right buyer. Um, it can add costs, it can add time. Um, and so again, you really want to be prepared to exit the business long before you actually are going to exit the business. Well, and, and I get it that people think, Oh, if I, have coffee with that business broker, then they're going to pester me to death. I get that. Mm -hmm. But there's so much, if you 
with the right business broker, I would assume there's so much information that you can get about what's going on in the industry, mm-hmm. what's going on uh, with companies maybe you're not aware of, um, how to things that are happening with them that are lessons for you and improving the value of your business. I mean, to me, I would think there's so much that comes out of that. Exactly. And a good business broker will you know, ask you some general questions. Um, typically, you can't also just sign an NDA without committing to anything. Um, we typically, again, I'm happy to have coffee. Like I said, I, I still have that consulting you know, mindset behind me. Mm-hmm. And I'm always happy to kind of give people free advice, sure. um, you know, but just to kind of, I want them to be really prepared so that they are in the best position. Again, a good business broker can tell you one about the sales process, because that is usually a shock to a lot of those, you know, business owners in terms of how involved and in depth. And it really feels like probably you're having a colonoscopy at some point because Mm. they are digging deep and it's not fun. Um, But they're going to get you ready for that. They're going to talk to you about any contingencies on your business that may be an issue when you're thinking about selling that you haven't thought about. Um, You know, one thing a lot of times too that we see um, clients will come to us and like I said, they may have those certifications like, you know, a woman owned business and they've gotten a lot of contracts and a lot of revenue because of their, you know, woman owned classification. Sure. That's wonderful. But when I go to sell, you just decrease my potential buying pool by half to Mm -hmm. only women if those aren't we those can't be converted to free and clear contracts. Right. So they don't always know that. So again, it comes with, you know, again just passing on some knowledge about, you know, what they need to do to prepare to really get that business sold and find the right buyer and create the best value for them so that they can get the best price. So for the prescient business owner that's mm-hmm. preparing way in advance, I mean, what what are the kind of, beyond just being in touch ahead mm-hmm. of time? I mean, what what are uh some of those key things mm-hmm. that they need to know. I mean, there maybe the top three things that they really need to focus on. So biggest thing is financials. Um, I would say, you know, that is really kind of the barometer for anybody looking at your business. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're going to look at that first to evaluate anything. Um, so make sure those are in order. Make sure you have a good working understanding of them. I mean, a lot of business owners that get into their business, they're not good at financials. They're good at whatever service or business that they're providing. Mm. Um, and so sometimes the financials really are kind of a mess. They can't explain them. They can't explain the up and down revenue or why profit margin margins are all over the place. That's not, that's not a good presentation of your business. So mm-hmm. get your financials in order, um, then get the operations, the back end in order. So, I mean, do you have things documented like your employee contracts? Um, do you have, you know, current contracts for all of your clients, you know, readily available, understood? Are there any contingencies in those in terms of are they transferable? Your leases, um, anything like that. Um, Make sure that everything is documented, um, you know, that way that somebody coming in, they can really evaluate the overall overall back end of the business as well um, and understand what they're buying. Um, And then last but not least, I would say get a valuation done. Um, And you can actually go to valuation firms. There are a lot of them. Like we do them at Walden Businesses. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a one-off. It's not, you're not committing to us eventually representing you. Um, You will get charged, you know, it's not really that expensive, but just Mm -hmm. to do an opinion of market value. So you kind of know where you are because if you're coming in and you're saying, okay, I think my business is worth 5 million. And then we 
break down the numbers and we do evaluation and we're at two and a half, hmm. you know, that's a big gap. Right? right. And so again, to actually have somebody come in and say, okay, we've done this valuation. Now, if you want to sell it one day for $5 million, then we're going to need an EBITDA of this. We're going to need profitability showing this so that we can get you here. So that way at least gives you working knowledge of maybe how much longer you want to actually work or going to be able to work. And then also, you know, when you're going to want to put it on the market, when you know, your numbers are adding up. Sure. And you mentioned leases and contracts. I mean, what that really speaks to is when you enter into a lease, when you enter into a contract, think ahead. Right. Think about what the impact, not just of today, but when the, it comes time to sell the business or transfer the business. Right. And they don't think about that a lot of times. Sure. And actually, those are some of the things that can hold up a closing at the last minute because the business owner doesn't want to call their landlord to say, hey, we need to transfer this lease because they don't want to let them know too soon. Right. And then the landlord may have a whole, you know, oh, we're going to have to do a background check. We're going to have to do a financial check on the, whoever the new leaseholder is. That can delay a closing. Um, so again, making sure you know some of those answers ahead of time. I mean, you don't want to go, you know, telling everybody, I'm going to sell my business. Can I transfer my lease? But just understand what your contract says. You know, when you're going up for renewal, always asking those questions. So what happens if, you know, I'm signing a five-year lease? What happens if I sell in year four? Mm -hmm. You know, what, you know, will I be able to transfer this lease? Go ahead and ask those questions up front. Anna, you talked about the, I guess that gap, I would think exists for a lot of businesses. They, you know, the business owner thinks it's worth X and it's maybe really worth Y and Y is a lot less than X. (laughs) (laughs) So how do you close that gap? I mean, what, what are, what are some of the things that you look at to close that gap? And we, we walk them through the process. So I will show them exactly where we get to those numbers. And we Mm -hmm. usually give them a range because again, it's usually a multiple of your EBITDA, right? Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, your profitability. Um, And multiples can vary based on the size of your business, the industry, and and all kinds of things. We look at comparables in the marketplace. So what other uh, businesses that are like yours have sold for of similar Mm -hmm. size and similar and same market share um, in the last five or so years. So we try to walk them through to make Make sure they understand that process. But it's not always about the end number also, too. And this is part of kind of the due diligence when you're talking to your client because somebody could come to you and say, okay, I want to offer you $5 million for your business. However, I want half of that to be an earn out over the next 10 years. Well, they could say, I don't want that. I'll take $3 million if I get it to, you know, on closing day and no earn out. So, mm-hmm. you know, there may be some kind of, you know, room that they haven't thought about. And it's your job to say, here are the different you know, uh, deals that we could be presented of what are you open to? What are you not open to? But if they really do not like the number, I mean, I, I always tell my clients, I don't think we should work together. (laughs) So, because I don't want to go down the road to bring a buyer to the table. If I know that they are overpricing their business, we can't find a buyer, buyers, smart, good buyers that really want to come and, you know, take a good business and grow that business. They're not going to, you know, exact way overpay for a business by any means. Uh, banks won't fund it. And, you know, they're going to come to you and say, you know what, there's something wrong with this valuation and you've overvalued this and we're not interested. So you're going to lose the good buyers. So you don't want to put uh, a business on the market where it's way overvalued. So, I mean, there's certain health checks you can do around that to one, you know, typically any buyer wants to pay off 
um, you know, their debt service in seven, five to seven years. Mm-hmm. So can they pay off their debt service and can they pay a manager or themselves? So you can do, again, so you want to share all this with them and walk them through this so that they understand, you know, I can't put it on the market for $5 million because it'll take them 10 years to pay off this debt service based on the cash flow. Right. So having those kind of conversations, being very transparent, um, really kind of helps get them to understand kind of what we can do in the marketplace and what the market will bear for their business. And what is the, uh, I guess, what's the best way for a business owner to uh, maybe get themselves out of the business? Maybe that's the best way to say (laughs) it. And I guess what I mean by that is uh, a buyer is looking at buying the business. Mm -hmm. The owner is typically looking to leave. So the business has to stand on its own. Mm -hmm. And what advice do you give to business owners to make sure that business can run itself (laughs) <laughs> and a buyer can actually want to buy that business. Right. And, you know, again, we get that question a lot too. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times I will sit down with them and say, have you ever kind of stepped away for a month, two months and let your management team take over and run the business for you? Mm-hmm. Um, if somebody comes in and steps in, you know, how able is that management team to actually transition that new owner to mm-hmm. the business? Um, and, you know, a lot of times, you know, they'll say, well, you know, I have certain relationships, but I, I do, you know, I have, you know, let them take over or I have certain people in place. Well, let's shore that up. You know, if you need to give them the title of something or even give them a small raise to get them taking ownership. Again, that's where the process of preparing them early helps to, to make sure that leadership team is in place. If you've got a business with 10 million or valued at 10 million or over, you should have, you know, C-level executive team of a CEO, a a CFO, COO, all in place, maybe a chief marketing officer or sales officer. Mm-hmm. Um, because again, a business wants somebody, you know, that can step away in the business to continue on without them. They want you to move to move on for the most part. Sure. Some may want you to stay on for a little while, um, but in the long term, they want to take that business and do and grow it the way they want to do it. So mm-hmm. you need to make sure that yes, that those kind of things are in place and so that you can step away. This is kind of like sending kids off to college, right? I mean, you you want them to grow and succeed, but your crying is to go out the door, right? Uh-huh, exactly. Well, that's one of the hardest things is I always tell them, like, are you ready for the day after close, right? You've got to go back into the office during just a transition period for a few weeks, and they're not coming to you with every question. They're coming to somebody else to report to them. Are you emotionally prepared for that? Right. And some will say yes, and then as it gets closer, they're like, oh, I don't know that I'm going to like this. But, you know, you again, you've got to – you know, just prepare them. It is going to happen and it's okay. And that's what you want. <laughs> but it is a lot like, I feel like that empty nest syndrome where all of a sudden you're like, wait a second, why aren't they coming and asking me everything? <laughs> yeah, uh, for sure. So um, professional support services that business owners need during the sales process, what does that look like? So I would say, you know, first and foremost, you need to have a good CPA. You know, if you're not large enough to have a CFO, you need to have an outside CPA that is doing your your books on an annual basis. Um, you know, some of your meeting with on a regular basis to, again, talk about what the growth and strategy looks like, what your profit margins are. Um, you know, again, evaluating, you know, your client list and, you know, even evaluating your employees to see, you know, who's, you know, bringing in more revenue and who's not or you know, those kind of things, you need to have a good CPA. Um, you also want to talk to them, okay, if I do sell, what is the tax burden going to look like for me? So you really kind of want to work with them to say, okay, if I'm going to sell in terms of, you know, how do I maybe want to structure this to lower my tax burden? Now, 
you can't always necessarily get what you want, but that helps me when they come to the table and say, okay, I want to sell it for, you know, however much we determine. Now, if I could get some of that in an earnout, because that means that's going to lower my capital gains for next year, I'm okay with that. So just being, having that kind of knowledge is very helpful to us um, because you've done that homework. Um, I would say also, um, if you don't have a good transaction attorney, we can typically recommend one. You don't want to have a real estate attorney or you don't want to have, you know, a family court attorney or just a generalist. You want a transaction attorney because, again, when you're doing an, either an asset sale or a stock sale, there are a lot of different contingencies or schedules that have to be worded in a certain way to make sure the buyers are covered and you are covered in case anything comes up after the sale of the business. So you definitely want that attorney that handles transactions day in and day out. Um, and then last but not least, I would say a good wealth manager. So what are you mm. going to do with the money once, you know, again, that check is, is cut to you on day mm-hmm. on the closing day. So you want to have those conversations ahead of time to say, what is going to be the best use of my funds once I do sell my business? Sure. Sure. Well, Anna, as we uh, wind down here, couple more things I would like I'd love for you to talk about just the environment you see right now I mean yep. we're we're supposedly out of a pandemic um <laughs> think, I think we were surprised by some of the uh activity that occurred during during the pandemic what do things look like right now Honestly, they're still very active. Um, multiples are still high, especially those businesses that really kind of weathered the pandemic. Either they pivoted or they were able to you know, maintain all their employees and then now their revenue has come back. Um, or they were able to increase their revenue during the pandemic. You know, multiples are higher right now for those types of businesses because they've shown, you know, durability and sustainability mm-hmm. during very difficult times. So we've seen a lot of a lot of activity. Um, we still think in the coming years, we're still going to see a lot more. A lot of baby boomers are still holding on to those businesses. They want to build back after the pandemic. Um, you know, so we deal, we do still think that there's, it's going to be a good market to put your company on the, you know, on, put your business on the market in the coming years. Uh, you know, a lot of, uh, people are looking for B2B essential service type businesses. So your HVAC, you know, everybody wants to buy an HVAC company yeah. um, or a pool service company or, you know, uh-huh. there's just a lot of demand for essential services right now. Mm. Um, and especially with that built in revenue. Um, but, you know, you need to make sure that you know, you have the background to be able to manage that kind of business. Also that you have your capital ready to go. It is a very competitive market. If you're an individual trying to buy a business, which a lot are trying to do because of the great resignation, um, you know, they're all trying to buy their own business now. Well, they're competing against, you know, a lot of, you know, well-financed private equity groups, family offices, you know, and other uh, strategic buyers or businesses in that industry that want to grow through acquisition. So you need to come to the table with all your ducks in a row in order to be able to buy a business in market. So we're just seeing a lot of activity. Mm-hmm. This the, That's interesting. This, this sounds like the residential housing market <laughs> yeah. where, where if you want to buy a home, you better have your financing in place and and uh, be in tip top shape, right? Have it's, have the right uh, real estate agent and etc. Exactly, it's exactly like that mm-hmm. too. Um, because again, if you're talking about you're going to have to get an SBA loan, right, which can delay the process, versus I have a private equity or a family office that's coming in with a lot of cash just to pay cash and they can close in sixty days. 
then we're going to go, you know, a yeah. lot of times it's not up to me. It's up to the client. But a lot of times the client's like, I'm just going to go with them. I don't want to wait it out to see if the bank's going to value me lower or not. I know that these guys have cash and they, they're going to give me cash on demand on closing day. I'd rather just go that route. So that's, that's the challenge right now for individuals who are trying to buy a business. Yeah, that makes sense. So, Anna, I would love it as we wrap up here, if you could maybe share a success story. Uh, you don't have to mention names, of course, okay. but but a, uh, a story that is illustrative of the great work you do. Uh, well, there's one recently that I, I closed um, back in March. Um, anyway, it's a great organization, a very niche business, um, a couple that started it 15 years ago. Um, you know, they came to me, you know, late last year, which, you know, you never really want to put a, a company on the market in November, December, but we, you know, kind of started doing soft feelers. They fought, thought for sure, you know, you always kind of ask, who do you think your ideal buyer is? And you mm-hmm. take that into consideration, but you also bring your knowledge to, you know, the situation to say, let's look at this group too. Let's, let's open up our, our doors a little bit to let in a few others. Um, one of their biggest, uh, like stipulations was they wanted to close fast. They were ready to retire. They were ready to move on. I tried to explain to them this can be a you know six month, nine month, sometimes two years process, especially if you're on the larger side. Um, and so you know they said that's fine, but we really want to close you know in ninety days if possible. So said, they weren't okay. listening to your time frame. Huh? No, <laughs> um, you know, and again, so I mean, we you know built up a, a sales list that was pretty expansive. You mm-hmm. know, um, we called on a lot of their competitors. Um, there were friendly competitors. You never mm-hmm. want to call the unfriendly ones and you right. make sure you work with your client on that. But we called friendly competitors, a lot of interest, you know, again, a lot of conversations. Um, and then what ended up happening was is several of those submitted a letter of intent. However, again, they wanted to buy it and they wanted a, an earn out and they wanted the couple to stay on for a long time and they didn't want to bring as much cash to the closing table. So who they thought they were going to sell it to, it ended up, we found a family office that actually was a better fit. Again, they came to the table with a lot of cash. Mm-hmm. They said, we can close in 60 days. We understand this business. We want to buy several more in this industry. Um, and we were able to kind of get it done to where they were like, by summer, we we're going to be in our vacation home down in Florida and we are thrilled. And so, I mean, for us, for me, the biggest thing is always just making sure that the client's happy at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. You know, if they walk away and they feel like that, you know, they got a good, fair price for their business, all their goals were accomplished, their employees are taken care of that's a success story to me and so um that's my most recent and so but you've got a lot of those that kind of build up over the years um you know you always hate the ones that you know you can't always sell every single business that comes in your door and that's another red flag if a broker says they have a hundred percent close rate go running out the door and find somebody else to talk to (laughs) right nobody has a hundred percent close rate so you know again every success where the client's happy at the end of the day and you know that you know they kind of you help their dreams come true it's just it's, it's a success for me that's awesome anna this has been great and i can't imagine that there aren't some folks that want to be in touch after hearing what you've had to say. So let's give them directions on how they can do that. <laughs> Absolutely. So you can go to Walden uh, website or you can email me at ab at waldenbus.com. Um, or you can call us at 678-277-9951. Um, you know, any, or you can reach out to me via LinkedIn. You can mm-hmm. find me on there um, mm-hmm. as well. And so again, like I said, even if you're not really interested in selling today, um, I'm always happy to have you know coffee or a good conversation or talk to you or if you want evaluation done now you know happy to walk you through what that looks like so terrific yep Anna Brumby 
principal with Walden Businesses. Anna, thanks so much for coming in. All right. Thank you so much, Sean. I enjoy being here. Yeah, it, yep. was, it was great. Hey, folks, just a quick uh, idea for you. If you want to do a team building activity, but you don't want to like break your arm, twist your ankle, and fall off a cliff, uh, well, here's an idea for you. ANS Culinary Concepts, they're a culinary studio in the Johns Creek area. And yes, they do corporate catering and uh, they have big green egg boot camps and private events, uh, but they also do corporate team building. And you and your team can stand around a stainless steel table, seasoning meat, cutting up vegetables and cooking together and eating the results. That sounds like fun, doesn't it? Well, it is. I've been there and I think you'd enjoy it. And here's how to find out more. Go to asculinaryconcepts.com or call my friend Andrew Traub over there at 678-336-9196. He's terrific and his whole team, uh, uh, they know how to put on uh, an event for you and your group. And I think you'll uh, be glad you took advantage of that. And folks, just as we wrap up the show here, North Fulton Business Radio, we're celebrating six years uh, here of doing this show. We're about 450 episodes right now. And uh, the way we build our uh, audience is for you to share the show. And it's important for us, not because we're necessarily interested in that for ourselves, but because our mission is to celebrate businesses and celebrate business leaders like Anna and the great work they do. So if you have heard something here that makes you want to share the show, please do so. Send it to someone that you think ought to hear it because we want to celebrate the great work of our business leaders here uh, on this show. So for my guest, Anna Brumby, I'm John Ray. Join us next time here on North Fulton Business Radio.